Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Monday, September 04, the SIRS, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. We begin with the weather, seeing a comfortable high of 82.7 degrees and a low of 64.1 in Riverside today. In our episode today, we will delve into the global tableau, where the absence of leaders Putin and Xi is causing ripples at the G20 summit in New Delhi and straining international cooperation. On the domestic front, we explore the unraveling scenario of small airports, left grappling as legacy airlines pull out, leaving many cities without commercial flights. Then, we switch our focus to the impact of job automation and AI in Las Vegas as the city braces itself for the future. And finally, we look at the prescription produce program that is yielding potential benefits for cardiac health and the compelling call for more massive trials and persistent support. Stay tuned as we unwrap these stories. Good morning, Elias. Today's top story is the upcoming G20 summit in New Delhi. It appears there are some significant challenges ahead due to the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and the conspicuous absence of several important leaders. What can you tell us about this situation, Elias? Connie, you're right. This year's summit is overshadowed by the war in Ukraine and will be particularly marked by the absences of Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese President Xi Jinping. These factors are creating divisions and have impacted progress on global issues such as food security, climate change, and debt distress. The absentees are clear indicators that the summit might be dominated by Western powers and their allies, which could further strain relations between Western and non-Western nations. That sounds like a real diplomatic challenge. How is this likely to affect Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, who's presiding over the summit? Connie, Modi could experience a significant diplomatic setback if a consensus cannot be reached during the summit. The G20 leaders attending, including President Biden, German Chancellor Scholz, French President Macron, and others, face the daunting task of reaching agreements without some key global players. Could the absence of Putin and Xi be an intentional move to undermine the G20? That's a possibility, Connie especially when considering the recent expansion of the BRICS group, which includes Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, and leans more towards China's worldview. The planned inclusion of countries like Argentina, Ethiopia, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Iran into BRICS from 2024 aims to counterbalance the dominance of the G7 wealthy nations, so one could interpret their absence as an attempt to devalue G20's influence. What could be the potential consequences if a consensus isn't reached at the summit? If the summit fails to reach a consensus, it would underline the limits of cooperation between Western and non-Western powers. This could push countries to align more closely with their preferred blocs, either the G7 or BRICS, which wouldn't be in favor of global unity. This would also undermine Modi's diplomatic efforts, who's looking to use this presidency to reinforce India's position as an economic powerhouse and a leader of the global south. Are there any topics where we can expect an agreement among the leaders? Although the stances on issues like debt restructuring, a minimum global corporate tax, and climate change likely won't see a shift at the summit, there is support from the U.S. and the International Monetary Fund, 
for India's initiative on global regulatory standards for cryptocurrencies. It's interesting that President Biden has expressed disappointment over President Xi's decision to skip the G20 summit. Do we see any signs of a thawing relationship between the U.S. and China? Although the nations have been at odds over numerous issues, including human rights and territorial disputes, there are some glimpses of potential dialogue. There's a possibility of Biden and Xi meeting at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Leaders gathering in San Francisco in November. It indeed looks like a challenging summit ahead with the absences of Putin and Xi and the ongoing war in Ukraine. We'll definitely have to keep a close eye on it. Thank you for your insight, Elias. Always a pleasure, Connie. Our second story today concerns an increasing trend of smaller airports being cut off from the National Air Travel Network. Joining me to discuss this is Grace, our aviation correspondent. Grace, what's causing this concerning development? Hi, Connie. While a number of factors are influencing this trend, according to reports from NPR, legacy airlines, including American, Delta, and United, have been pulling out of regional airports since the COVID-19 pandemic began, affecting 74 airports so far. The reasons include a shortage of pilots and changing airline economics, operating smaller 50-seat jets, which are the typical aircraft for regional airports, is becoming increasingly uneconomical due to rising labor, fuel, and maintenance costs. What areas are feeling the effects the most? Well, Connie, this shift is particularly noticeable in the eastern part of the United States, where there's a high density of smaller airports and a well-developed highway system. With legacy airlines continuing to withdraw, it's anticipated that more small cities will lose their airline service, and Americans will become more reliant on highways for transportation. What could be the wider implications of this trend, Grace? It's worrying, Connie. Airport officials and business owners in smaller cities are expressing frustration. Businesses, travel agencies, even local recruitment processes are feeling the pinch from these cutoffs. However, some smaller airports are seeking government aid through programs like Essential Air Service or EAS to secure grants and hopefully attract airlines back to locations where profitability is challenging. Has there been any impact on bigger airlines themselves? In a connected yet separate issue, we've seen pilots from Southwest Airlines voicing concerns over pilot fatigue and flight delays brought about by the airline scheduling system. This information comes from CBS News, Kipelinger, and KarenNews.org. Negotiations for a new contract have been dragging on for some 3.5 years, and the pilots' union is urging Southwest to address the effects of this delay. The core of the disagreement revolves around pilots' schedules and the potential for increased flight delays and operational issues due to pilot fatigue. And in the broader context of the COVID-19 pandemic, how is the situation evolving? In a comprehensive piece by the New York Times, several COVID-19-related topics were touched upon. Things like fresh variants of the virus, the late summer COVID wave, mask usage, at-home tests, and long COVID among seniors were discussed. They also talked about air quality in schools, faulty oxygen readings, a COVID wave in New York City, and updated information on vaccines and booster shots. Of course, they also considered the ongoing economic impacts of the pandemic and how they affect travel. So it seems like the aviation industry is facing a multitude of challenges at the moment. Absolutely, Connie. 
From the changing economics causing smaller airports to lose commercial flights, mostly seen in the eastern part of the U.S., to Southwest Airlines' difficulties over pilot fatigue and scheduling, the industry faces a testing period ahead. And all of this happening in an environment still coming to grips with the impacts of COVID-19. Thanks, Grace, for that comprehensive overview. On to story number three. Story number three today comes from WUSF Public Media. Deepa Shivaram has written an interesting piece about the evolution of jobs in Las Vegas and how artificial intelligence or AI might play a big part in that future. To talk us through this, we have Ethan, a specialist correspondent on such technological transformations. Ethan, could you run us through the current situation in Las Vegas? Absolutely, Connie. As many know, Las Vegas is heavily reliant on tourism and hospitality. But what's increasingly becoming clear is that its job landscape might significantly change due to advancements in AI. Studies are suggesting that by 2035, between 38% to 65% of jobs in Las Vegas could be automated. The city is now grappling with the prospect of widespread automation and what that means for its workforce. That's a broad range. What sort of jobs are we talking about here? You're right, Connie. While we often think of low-wage service jobs when it comes to automation, this isn't limited to just those roles. AI is encroaching on white-collar jobs too, like accounting and data entry. But importantly, workers are arguing that there are some roles that need that human touch, especially in the hospitality industry where personal interaction is key. That's understandable. So how is the city reacting to this potential change? One of the main responses comes from the Culinary Union, Nevada's largest. They're negotiating a new contract, proposing safeguards against AI replacing jobs. Two of their key demands are a six-month warning for workers before new technology is implemented and free training on how to use any new tech. The city officials are also taking active steps. They've been hosting panels and discussions on AI, aiming to prepare workers for this shift and to equip them with the necessary skills and knowledge. Do these measures seem to be enough to protect the workers? And can they really adapt to the changes brought about by AI? That's tough to fully answer, Connie. One thing is for certain though, the changes are coming, and something proactive needs to be done. Whether that is warning about new technology or providing training for workers remains to be seen. The goal here is to protect people from job displacement and try to limit the potential negative impacts of AI. What about the business owners? How are they viewing these developments? An interesting perspective comes from people like Tony Yi, owner of a small moving company. Business owners are seeing AI not as a threat but as the next frontier. They're intrigued, learning how to incorporate AI into their operations in order to increase efficiency and competitiveness. It seems like a delicate balancing act. With such potentially far-reaching impacts, what's the takeaway from all this? The key point, Connie, is the need for diversification within Las Vegas's economy. Certain occupations are less susceptible to being replaced by AI, and there might be a need to focus on those. And while AI can cut labor costs, it's vital that it's used responsibly, enhancing productivity, not just eliminating jobs. Indeed, it's a complex issue. Thank you for the insights, Ethan. All very fascinating. Always happy to discuss, Connie. Thank you. On to story four of four, food and health are the highlighted themes in a new study, as reported by fellow journalists from NPR and WFDD. The study affirms that something as simple as prescription fruits and vegetables can have an immense impact on heart health. 
For more details on this intriguing study, we have reporter Chloe with us. Chloe, could you first give us the gist of this study? Absolutely, Connie. Researchers from the UMass Chan Medical School and Tufts University, with the assistance of organizations like Wholesome Wave, conducted a study on nearly 4,000 individuals across 12 states. The common thread among these participants is that they struggle to afford healthy food. To counter this, they were given vouchers for free fruits and vegetables, redeemable at retail stores and farmers markets. The core objective was to combat a range of diet-related diseases such as diabetes, obesity, and hypertension. And based on NPR and WFDD's reports, the outcome seems to have been rather encouraging? That's correct. The participants saw remarkable reductions in blood sugar and blood pressure, two crucial indicators of heart health. For instance, hypertension sufferers experienced a decrease in systolic blood pressure by 8 mm Hg and diastolic blood pressure by around 5 mm Hg. The diabetic participants saw an average decline in their A1c levels, which measures blood sugar levels, by about 0.6%. What's even more impressive is that these reductions rival those achieved by commonly prescribed medications for diabetes. That sounds like an incredibly significant result. Would you say this could be a game-changer? Absolutely, Connie. The results indeed underscore the idea of food as medicine and the need to incorporate nutrition into healthcare. However, this study has also called for larger trials and significant investments in infrastructure to bring such prescriptions to a broader scale. So this study was not just about immediate changes, but also highlighted the participants' overall health post-study? That's very observant, Connie. In fact, participants reported feeling more energetic and noted other positive effects on their health as a result of the increase in fruit and vegetable consumption. However, the article does point out one crucial challenge. Once the program ended, the participants' SNAP benefits, or food assistance program, were considerably reduced. This brings to the forefront the need for sustained efforts and resources to ensure the long-term benefits of such programs. This seems like a really significant study. Any final thoughts on the larger implications of prescription fruits and veggies, Chloe? The study has opened up some essential dialogue, Connie. While it's clear that prescription fruits and vegetables have a significant potential to improve heart health and rival popularly prescribed medications, the conversation also turns to the need for larger trials, more infrastructure investment, and most importantly, extended support to ensure such food as medicine programs are scalable and provide sustained benefits for people battling diet-related diseases. It's certainly fascinating and hopeful to see where this could lead. Thank you so much for breaking it all down for us, Chloe. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.